Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, good, we're recording. Phone on silent? My phone's on silent, your phone on silent. Listen to this, Ruth. Best I can do. <laughs> we like mice. Well, it's not great, but I'll, I'll try to find something that was two or three seconds long, and that is exactly three seconds long. I know it, I can't decide what exactly that signifies. You know the one last week you said it seemed like we were going to be talking about crop circles or looking at conspiracy theories. What does this indicate? So it seemed to be neutral Like um, Like a children's TV show and like a children's TV show where the protagonist is like a detective and they solve crimes. Oh, yeah. They're all thinking, they're sat around a table and they're all thinking, hmm, who did the crime? And then it goes, dum, 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 dum. Do you know that's right? And then, it? well, ding. One of these days, one of these days, I we'll will, get, I will find a transitional well, sting that is exactly right for what it is we're doing, whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. So, but how the sting? So this is our preamble. Then the sting goes, and then we go into a topper. Welcome to episode ten of Ruthie, Me and My Dad. So we've sort of got this title, more, although you're not still 100%. I don't happy. like it. No, no, you don't like the title. A couple of people have said to me, Ruth, they can't believe that you and I have such a good relationship and we can talk together so naturally. Yeah, for like that... 25 minutes and the rest of the time. <laughs> yes, oh. See, that's what they don't know. They don't know that the rest of the time we're uh, daggers drawn. But interestingly enough, a powerful voice has come in on your side because I was speaking to a friend today on the phone a friend yeah yes a friend i've got a few friends and i was speaking to a friend on the phone he said oh, it's, it's marvelous the uh, podcast you're doing with your daughter you know the great relationship that you have and i said mm, it's not always like that there's occasionally a bit of friction interesting this particular friend i won't name him but it's will buckley this particular friend has been uh, a bit of a sidekick on a podcast we did years ago and uh, i said she thinks I'm a bit um, controlling on the podcast. And he says, absolutely. I can, I can sympathise with her 100%. So first of all, on this podcast, I'm going to hand over to you, Ruth, and uh, tell me the first... I know you've got a few topics you've prepared. Not, well, not oh. really. No, you've not really prepared. Well, I've got my Keeping Up With The Kardashians bit, yeah. but then I've That's got all the big short stuff. The big short, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, is... A film that came out about two years ago. Yeah, about the two thousand eight sort of financial crisis. But it starts a few years earlier, and it's about the outliers who mm. spot this crisis before it happens. And it's called The Big Short. I never quite understood. I mean, I thought it was a great film, but mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand the financial shenanigans. But 
in fairness to you, you understood them slightly better than me. Slightly? <laughs> no, I understood did. them... Well, I'll tell you why it's come up again. And as you say, it's a couple of years old. Uh, there's a thing in the paper, in the, the, the business pages, and I wondered why these companies are going bust, like Maplins. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are various reasons, various reasons we can understand, like people are buying things online. That's obviously mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons. But things like Maplin and Toys R Us, they've both gone out of business uh, Basically recently. all your, your retail park L- shops. Lot, yeah, those big retail park shops. I, I read this piece in the business pages saying that people are selling short. High street retailers and restaurants are being targeted by short sellers, with almost a third of the total positions on the stock market in the consumer sector. And they mention a whole load of companies. The top 10 most shorted companies currently include Debenhams, the restaurant group which owns Frankie and Bennett and Chiquito. Mm-hmm. People are selling short. And this was in the business pages. And obviously everybody who reads the business pages knows what, knows selling, what short selling short is. means. I don't know. With your knowledge of the big short, can you sort of guess what it is? Big short and short selling are completely different things. Oh, are they? The short in big short, I had to do research to find this out. The short in big short is a completely different thing to short selling. So short selling is when you borrow an asset from a trading broker. So, right, so if I have shares that are called RK100 and they're going to drop in price, I can borrow 100 shares of RK100. Borrow? Borrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. from my broker. Yep. And then sell them for the current market price. Right. And then if they drop in value... You, I can buy the same shares at the new lower price, right? And then return them back to the broker for a profit. That. Ah, right. So that's what short selling right. is. So that's almost exactly what happened with that, that subprime housing market mm. in the big short. Short in the big short just means to bet against. The, what we're seeing here is capitalism going terribly wrong. Because I assume the idea of shares originally was if you saw something like, say, Apple. I'm thinking of the film Forrest Gump now. All my knowledge comes entirely from films. <laughs> uh, some of that Forrest Gump. And you mm-hmm. saw something like Apple and you thought oh, this is a good company, I'd like to put some of my money into that, and you're betting on the company doing well. What they're doing with short selling is they've seen Maplins and Toys R Us, the problem's there. They're not saying, oh, well, I'll get these shares in Debenhams because I think Debenhams is going to do really well. They're thinking these companies are going to do really badly. It makes you realise, I still don't understand a word of it, but it makes you realise just how dodgy the world of uh, finance is. Oh my gosh, completely. And then there was all those... They were called collateralized debt obligations. These when when they put all these the things that didn't sell, um, which they call which they use the fish stew metaphor for. So I'm running a restaurant, I bought all this fish, um, but then there's the offcuts that don't sell. And so then I make a stew out of that and repackage it and sell it for a better mm. price, which are CDOs. Yeah. Um and that's what they were doing with these risky bad mortgages, yes. and then they were bundling them together and selling them again. Tell me, this fish stew, what, what's it spiced with? Is it a bit of coriander? <laughs> well, that's the point. Yeah, that's the it's point. Spiced with, with... It's spiced with nothing. Mm-hmm. Good. That's sort of explained that. Now, uh, an area in which I'm probably slightly more comfortable. It's uh, the world of music. And the, the idea of this spot is where I introduce you to something that you may not be familiar with. And I'm not absolutely sure you're not familiar with this. And you introduce me to something that I uh, will not be that familiar with. And uh, this week, the one that I'm going to introduce you to 
is the Talking Heads. Are you familiar uh, with the no, Talking Heads? No, I know the Talking Heads. Do you yeah. know the Talking Heads? How do you do they, They're in films a lot, referenced. They're referenced a lot because Talking Heads, they're what you call uh, an art rock band. Or yeah, yeah, like alt rock, rock they're like alternative. Yeah, they're so they they came out of punk. They were formed yeah. in seventy five. So I thought I thought instead of playing sixties or fifties stuff, which I usually introduce you to, the seventies we don't sort of touch on that bit apart from David Bowie and uh, David yeah, and Bowie like, was. We touch on other people. Isn't the seventies like the Who and stuff as well? No, well the Who was still going in the seventies, but they're a six. I count them as a sixties. Oh really? Band. Yeah, the Who are sixties really mm, okay. started in. What about like the Smiths? Uh, the Smiths are more eighties. Yeah, that's why. I were they not we, in the seventies, sir? No, Smiths weren't even existence in the Smiths oh. were formed round about the mid to late eighties. Yeah, because I like the Smiths. Yeah, well, that's mid to late eighties. I won't introduce you to the Smiths then. The um, but this, this was basically formed out of punk. So punk in New York started with people like the New York Dolls, and uh, you know, well, you know what punk's all about: safety. Pins and, yeah, and yeah, the, no, uh, I know what and, punk's and about. Very, very loud rock. Um, the Talking Heads formed out of that in 1975. Uh, David Byrne is the sort of genius of... Uh, yeah, what, what, what's the punk movement that was, like, really insane that was in well, New York? Was, you know, where people would, like, poo on the stage and stuff? Well, that's all... What was that? Stems, that's all punk. That punk, all stems from people like the Sex Pistols. The Sex yeah, Pistols yeah. Sex really Pistol. were the people... Although they're all sort of like, who started punk? We were talking about jazz last week uh, mm-hmm. and saying that you say one thing about jazz and somebody else who's a jazz aficionado says something entirely different. Now, it's the same with punk, really. I might say the Sex Pistols started punk. There are other people who would say the Buzzcocks, for instance, who are oh, interested yeah, no, band started the... punk. And that was all spitting and wearing bondage clothes, mm-hmm. living Westwood and all that sort of stuff. And that was a reaction against... 70s bands that I loved like Steely Dan and the Eagles extravagant albums with six and a half minute tracks and that mm-hmm. sort of thing whereas your average yeah Eagles songs are long yeah but punk yeah but they're long and fabulous <laughs> punk tracks were all like two minutes long as a, as a reaction anyway then you got people like the Talking Heads uh, from whom things like uh, the Tubes Blondie you know about Blondie because you still hear them on the radio a lot uh, Lou Reed Iggy, oh I like Lou Reed yeah Iggy Pop Iggy Pop yeah a bit more experimental so very influential figure David Byrne and I'll play a little bit of one that you've probably heard but let's have a quick listen to this so this is Talking Heads 20 seconds just for review purposes review purposes Well, it's hard to uh, assess uh, the whole career of Talking Heads on the basis of just 20 seconds. But you've probably heard but, it a bit before, have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It plays on the radio. Uh, other but he- I've heard it just like, because it's so famous. Yeah. You, you, and yeah. they've also had hits, Psycho Killer, that was one yeah. of their hits. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. And Once in a Lifetime, that was another yeah. big hit that they had. So They're very that- um, influential on like Green Day yeah, and stuff like that. There's like um, 90s like pop punk almost kind yeah of there's bands. a lot of yeah. groups and especially the ones that do art rock will cite talking heads as an influence definitely loads and loads of groups i thought you were saying will will cite was like him i was like oh who's will cite will cite very <laughs> like well william cite yeah he's a rapper william cite <laughs> so uh interesting if they had a hit with psycho killer and the track that you suggested is 
Psycho by, by Post Malone. Oh, Psycho, a track by Post Malone. Psycho Killer, a track by The Talking Heads. Yeah, so it all links um, up. It's almost as if we've produced it. Um, sh- do you want, should we play the bit and then... Uh, yeah. Here we go. When I'm rolling through my hands, oh, you stuck in the friend zone. I tell that four, five, the fifth. Hey, honey, bands inside my shorts, a chain, all the shit. Hey, try to stuff it all in, but it don't even fit. Hey, know that I've been with the shits ever since the jit. Hey, I made my first million, I'm like, shit, this is it. Well, once more, uh, justifying our uh, explicit uh, yeah. tag there. So tell me about Post Malone, because you mentioned Post Malone loads of times. Yeah. So last week I did a really kind of, more, like a really obscure guy. But, so this week I wanted to do something a bit more mainstream, and mm-hmm. this is his new song. Um, so this is one of his newer ones, but this is played on the radio, this is played on like Capital and Radio do one. they bleep it out with all the shit? Just won't shit, won't fit. You I see, don't know. I don't think I they think do they because must, there must be a radio version because I'm sure. I don't think there is because I've never listened to a radio version. Well, I would just because Ofcom, you know, who uh, who police radio in Britain, mm-hmm. I'm sure they wouldn't allow shit. Certainly on as many as many mentions of shit at a time when uh, kids would be listening, like the breakfast show or something like that. Maybe it's just you're not allowed to play it during like school run times yeah, or I something. Not. But I definitely heard it on the radio yesterday and the reason I went with this one is because mum really liked it, so I thought it was really interesting. Ah, right. He's is I your, think is he's, white he's man? Yeah, he's white. Hmm. Um which is obviously quite interesting because most rappers uh, He's not Native American or anything, is he? Because in no, on, I don't on the think video so. of this he's I think a bit more accessible than say even maybe like even more accessible than like Kanye. I don't know how to explain it's just about maybe like disenfranchisement. We're going to talk technology now. Does uh, are you do you get excited by new technology? Do you are you I'm not like a I'm not a massive I'm not like a person who's like oh can I get this the newest mm, phone and the newest yeah. computer like but some stuff I can understand does look really pretty. You know, if it's really thin and really shiny. <laughs> so you get excited about thin and shiny things. Yeah. Oh, lovely. There's a new thing. It looks, it's a giant orb. Have you read about the giant orb? I haven't. A, I've not well, seen anything about this giant orb. It's a new immersive entertainment centre. Oh, like VR. Even more so. It looks like a giant golf ball. Oh, this stuff all scares me, though. Oh, scared. I was interested whether it scares you. I mean, I look at it and think, well... I don't need to bother because this isn't going to happen before I'm gone. But it's, it looks like a giant golf ball. It's a huge sphere with holographic attendants, mm-hmm. uh, personalised audio feeds in different languages, and immersive shows that have been described as virtual reality without the goggles. Because I, I think that's the problem with VR, Ooh. with virtual reality. It's the putting on of the goggles. Yeah, it's a bit like, ugh, well... A bit like 3D, you know, you think, do I really need want to, to put want on to these? put on goggles, mm. you know? You can of, buy, like, um, a thing that you can... You can buy them from, like, Primark, like, really cheap... That obviously are not great, but you can put your phone in it, and there's an app and stuff into the. Maybe we should try it. Well, this is there's nothing to do with that anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a revolutionary design by British film architects. It's going to be at the Olympic Park in uh, East London. Mm. Uh, it's going to cost two point seven billion pounds. Who's paying for it? Years. The people that, who are making it. The, the ma- people. The people. The Madison Square. G- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Garden Company, MSGC, one of America's most powerful mm. sports and entertainment groups. And they've chosen two sites, one in Las Vegas and one in London, the Olympic Park to build the first of these giant orbs. When you get there, they're, they're massive. They're capable of accommodating 18,000 people. Oh my God. You're greeted by holographic concierge. So the people, the stewards and everything, they're holographs. Oh. That can answer questions and direct you to your seats, while the interior will have what the company claims are the highest resolution screens on Earth, delivering a 360-degree augmented reality that allows audiences to immerse themselves in uh, environments such as a forest or an underwater scene. Why don't you just go to the forest? Well, good point. A sound system, you're sounding like me now. I know. A, a sound, <laughs> you're sitting on the other side here. A sound system will deliver audio to each guest individually and can broadcast in mm-hmm. different languages to people sitting next to each other using beam-forming technology. Even the floor is designed to use ultrasound, an inaudible frequency to allow an audience to experience the bass from concerts in a more intense manner. I don't know whether you've ever gone to a concert and thought, I wish I could really, I, mean, I want the bass to be coming right through me. Yeah. Like that. I get that. I get like how you want stuff to be like really make you feel, but then it sounds very like Orwellian. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It does a bit, doesn't it? The outs- scares me. Like, um, I know you've not read it, but in Fahrenheit 451, um, they have these, they're called the family, and she, the the husband is the one who joins the, like, resistance force or whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it, but... Um, <laughs> don't worry, nobody's going to be But that's, it. like, that's in the setup. Well, it's kind of in the setup. Anyway, um, and so the wife wants, you can, they're called the screens, and so she wants, they've got two screens and she wants another screen, so eventually they have four screens, and you never properly, you know, understand exactly what's going on, but the it's called the family and she never like connects to anyone and she doesn't go out of the house because she just sits with the family right. um, and they don't have any children because she will just sit with the family and it's scary yeah it is well uh, and we all thought that was science fiction now people will mm-hmm. sit on no, their fo- phones for, for ages though won't they yeah you know, but i mean not engaged with real life I don't know. I guess you've kind of got to accept that that's the world we live in now. Well, these big spheres, it'll cost hundreds of millions of pounds, but there'll be nothing like this elsewhere in the don't world. Do you think there's just better things that you could spend hundreds of, hundreds of millions of pounds on, though? Uh, yeah, I do. Like water? <laughs> well, like water, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get this giant orb. Good point. Giant orb, and yet there's no yeah, clean water. Like a, in what is it, like a third parts. of the population or something? Yeah, no, it's a very good point. Live in poverty and stuff. Yeah. Wise beyond your years. Thanks, Ruth. thanks. You're very welcome. But then again, it sounds like something I would really want to go to, and I'd probably <laughs> think it was really sick if it did. Sick meaning good. Sick meaning good, not yes, sick sorry. Meaning not... Just, thanks for translating. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so down with the kids. 
but I, I know, you know, we've talked about AI quite a bit, haven't we? Artificial mm. intelligence. We did a whole, we did a whole big section, didn't we? We did. A topic. Well, there's a new one now. That stink. Oh, so no. Well, this isn't actually a transition, but I'll play the stink if you love it so much. Here we go. No, I, don't, I just feel like we've only used it like once. Well, this was sort of connected with the uh, with, with the whole fear of technology. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> I got sting sting happy. Just before, I don't want to be too controlling. So, have you got another thing you'd like to raise? Not really. I've got the keeping up with the Kardashians bit, but I've not got another topic, sir. This week on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, we're going to look at Chloe Kardashian, who I don't think we've really mentioned very no, much. No, we haven't touched on Chloe. I feel like Chloe is, has been the middle child in a sense here. Mm. We've not really. No. I mean, she's. We've spoken about both the Jenners mm. and Kim, obviously. Kim obviously. and Kanye. Kanye. You know it's Kanye? Kanye. Kanye. No, not Kanye. <laughs> Can you? There was a bit on, um, we were listening to, I think, Radio One, where um, they were talking about words that their parents pronounce weird. Oh, um, right, about how, like, when there's words that are two words, kind of, or they have, like, a split in the middle, so, like, sat-nav, um, their mum will go, sat-nav. And ah, so it's, it's the same with Burger, Burger King. <laughs> yeah, but they do. Burger King, we covered in... Burger uh, King. I think we covered Burger King in episode one, did we? Did we? I'm just so people can refer back. I do believe... That was the first scandal of my mispronunciation that we discussed. Scandal. Was um, Bur- Burger King. Burger King. No, I, I actually say Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Burger but, King. Uh, you say it like the king's a question. Like, is he the Burger Queen? No, he's the Burger King. Yeah, well, I'm putting, what I'm doing is putting inverted commas around the word king in the sense oh, that. Are you implying that I'm the Burger King is not really I'm king? Be, yeah, that's exactly <gasps> what I'm implying. I'm implying that they're a self appointed king. I'm implying that they call themselves Burger King, but I'm not sure they're above the level of prince or even uh, baron or count. Okay. So, Chloe. Chloe. Um, Chloe's wife is pregnant. They're, um, they're all pregnant at the moment. Is Chloe, well, pre- Chloe pregnant? Well, Kylie had her baby, Kim's had her baby, and Chloe's pregnant. But I'm pretty sure that at one point, all three of them were pregnant, which is obviously brilliant for Chris, Jenna, who orchestrates it all, kind right. of. Anyway, so she's pregnant now. And her boyfriend, who's the father of the baby, but they're not married, but they're together, right. Tristan Thompson, was caught cheating on Chloe Kardashian with some girl in some bar. And then Kim Courtney clapped Kylie and Kendall all unfollowed Tristan Thompson, the he was a basketball player, hmm. um, after the cheating claims and this picture surfaced. Um, and so they've all unfollowed him on Instagram, which is major. That's big, yeah. It's big. But I like that this um, shows that the Kardashians are very similar to other teenage girls. <laughs> I mean, they're not teenagers. Well, how old's Chloe? Oh, Chloe's like... Oh, 28, 32? I don't know. I'd just like to raise to your attention, you said I was Googling Chloe Kardashian for her age because I didn't know. Um, and Dad said, oh, I didn't realise she was Chloe with a K. Mm. An important part of the, yes, the Kardashians I... is they all have names beginning with K. So yeah. Kim, Chloe, Courtney, Kylie, Kendall. They all have names beginning with K. You have something that Apart from Rob. ridiculous. It's just when you said Chloe, I Chris. immediately put in my uh, default spelling of Chloe, which is C-H-L-O-E. Which is C-H-L-O-E. Yeah. Uh, and got Chloe Maidley instead. And I'm sure you're not the slightest bit interested in Chloe Maidley. Don't even know who that is. She's the daughter of uh, Richard and Judy Maidley, who are well-known... Morning... Again, you could be speaking another language. Yeah. They were very well-known morning uh, television presenters. 
and Richard Madeley still sometimes very amusingly stands in for Piers Morgan on GMB. Oh, was, I know the guy then. He's yeah. Alan Partridge. He's like him. Um, he's oh, yeah. He's like a, he is. He's a parody of Alan Partridge, which is a parody of, of television himself. Himself. <laughs> Now, you've got a little bit more before we go. Yeah. So Emma Watson, I don't know whether you've seen this, she did a Vanity Fair cover um, where she's quite scantily clad. Scantily clad. I only know that from the song. Oh, what's the song? The tabloids always say somebody's scantily clad. Oh, they say it's when the sun goes goes down by the Arctic Monkeys. (laughs) Um, He says scantily clad in that. Um, But yeah, massive discussion over Emma Watson's underboob. All right. Um, but anyway, she did this Vanity Fair cover, and um, a lot of people were like, "How can you be a feminist and be so dressed she, like she, that?" The the under boob is showing in the. She, no, it's ju- it's very. She's wearing like a little jacket, and she's got lots of cleavage on. Show. She's just dressed quite provo- provocatively, right. and so a lot of people are like, "How can you be a feminist and?" be dressed like that and whatever and she was like feminism mm. she said feminism is about give, giving women the choice um she was about it's like about freedom and liberation it's not about being dressed a certain way yeah. it's about choosing whatever you want to wear obviously very true you can wear whatever you want you and can. still call yourself yeah. a feminist but then there was a backlash to the backlash, a backlash to the backlash yeah, um cool. which is loads of people just saying that emma watson is completely hypocritical because um Beyond a video that Beyonce did came out, and um, she was dressed again provocatively, but like how Beyonce dresses, they're very tight, like yeah, cat suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Beyonce also sells herself very much on feminism, feminism right. and on like girl power, hmm. same as like the Spice Girls do, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And Emma Watson came out and she said she felt conflicted about the message. Um, she sells herself as a feminist, but the way that she's dressed and the way that this shots feels very male. Um, and the She's talking about Beyonce. Voyeuristic. That's what she's talking about, Beyonce. She's saying... So she's saying what she did on the cover of Vanity Fair is fine, but Beyonce... But previously, she'd said that she felt conflicted about Beyonce's Uh, message because of the way she was dressed and how it was male. So people are accusing Emma Watson of hypocrisy. Of hypocrisy. What's your take on this? My take on it is uh, fine. I'm absolutely fine with but Beyonce doesn't really impinge on me very much. Beyonce is, you know, I'm not the target audience for Beyonce. And mm-hmm. if I was, it would be weird. Uh, Emma Watson's an actress. Um, she's got films to sell, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. And she would have so much approval, you know, they would, it would go through so many filters before the picture appeared on Vanity Fair, you know, through a management yeah. agent and all that. That uh, she'll have already thought about. She'll it. have thought very, very, uh, yeah. But people will always moan about stuff, mm-hmm. won't they? I mean, people, especially feminism, and in fact, all sort of political movements. I, I found this in the uh, in the nineteen seventies when I was a member of the National Union of Journalists, and we'd have meetings, and it would be. There's a Monty Python from which you won't have seen. Um, <laughs> we can pretty much guarantee, guarantee I've not seen it. Monty Python's not for girls. But there's a Monty Python film in which somebody was a member of the Liberation Front and somebody else was a member of the Front for Liberation. There was just, you know what I mean? It's in nuances. And you, as soon as you say, rather like jazz, you know, I said, you play one jazz record and you, and you alienate if, somebody yeah, else because, yeah. oh, that's not proper jazz. That's not um, proper feminism. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So there was something that Sarah Pasco said. That she, yeah, the comedian um, who I really love. I really like Sarah Pascoe. I read like her book and stuff. Really like, she was talking about how as soon as women became liberated, the first thing that 
men wanted them to do is to take off all their clothes. And she said it in a very funny way, but yeah. it was this from kind the of... From the 70s. Yeah, from the 70s, but then yeah. also continuing until now, mm. about how... How I have to say, women's liberation. It's got a very women's liberation in the seventies was, was just proper liberation as well. Though. Well, no, I, th- I was going to say women's liberation in the seventies. Sarah Pascoe is exactly right because women's liberation in the seventies, everybody said, "Oh, good, free love. You know, do what you want mm. with your own body." And and for men, it was uh, it was quite an opportunity. As, yeah. as you'll know, you've read all about Weinstein and all the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so, yeah, it was like women became liberated, and the first thing that men were like, "Okay, dance for us now." Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like that. Kind of thing. Well, she has a point. She, uh, yeah, I think she really does. But she's done like she talks a lot about like what feminism me- means for men and stuff, like a lot of those things. But then Emma Watson does come across quite hypocritical. Do you think so? Oh, she comes across quite like superior. Like she has the supreme say on all mm. forms of feminism. And oh, does stuff. she? I don't, see, uh, I don't really know. I feel that a little bit. Do you? Maybe. Yeah. But then Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Mm. Emma Watson, Watson, Hermione Granger. Hermione, yeah. Yeah, so Emma Watson has done a lot of other things now. You know, she's not just known for Harry Potter. Whereas Daniel Radcliffe... Oh, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff, but he's found it very difficult to Mm, get out of the... Oh, you're Harry Potter. Um, Very, like, cutesy stuff. Mm. Because, and someone said, oh, I think it's because people... He did, like, a sex scene in a film and people like, I can't see you like that. You're Harry Potter. But instantly, after Harry Potter was done, everyone found it fine for Emma Watson to be, like, a sex symbol. And I just think that's really... But Daniel Radcliffe said it. Well, it's just the way it works. I mean, I I think the the problem... I mean, you look at, say, for instance, Friends, and when Joey did his own sitcom, it just completely... Yeah. uh, Completely Have you seen it? What, Joey? Yeah, did you watch it when it came out? No. I no, because I've never seen him. Well, no, it disappeared without trace. But now he's he's recovered, hasn't he? And yeah. he's doing Top Gear and uh, doing episodes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jerry, isn't it? Yeah, Matt oh, LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc, yeah, he's mm-hmm. Jerry. So, so you do recover. There's just a little period in between. It was when Seinfeld finished, uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus, she found it very, very difficult to get anything. But now really? she's done Veep. And it's like a oh, huge, I love Julia Lewis-Dreyfus. It's huge success. So mm-hmm. uh, eventually you've just got to... Just got to Wait, and obviously Daniel Radcliffe, I'm sure. Well, he has. He's been, he's been a huge success in Broadway. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he did that. What if was it called? I've still not seen it. But yeah. so you know, eventually. <laughs> but hopefully, Daniel Radcliffe will be okay. Yeah, I'm sure he will. So let's not uh, cry too much for Daniel Radcliffe. So that's about it for uh, episode 10 of Ruthie, Me and My Dad. We're looking for better stings, we're looking for better titles. For our our ending this week, I've decided by um, not particularly popular demand to bring back the uh, cinema organ because it does say the end, doesn't it really? You can imagine the Mm -hmm. curtains closing to this. So imagine some big red velvet curtains closing in front of you and this is how we end this week. Okay. I'll do it. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 